Greetings, and welcome to Beatles Stuffology, where two old friends sit around and talk BS, Beatles stuff, on a track-by-track -track basis, pretty much for the sake of it. My name is JG McQuarrie, and I'm here with my co-host, Andrew Deacon. Say hi, Andrew. Hello. Hello, how are you this week? I'm I'm pretty good, and, and I think pretty good because we've got um, a good... A good opening to the second album here so it should hopefully be an uplifting positive harmonious discussion well that's very much what we would like to hope for so yes let's get stuck straight into it that means this week we are talking about it won't be long the opening song on with the beatles um i think you've kind of given the game away there as to what you might think of yeah. it you'd like to give us a quick summary anyway how are you finding this one um i just think it's um um quite similar to uh the opening to the first album um, which oh, I saw her standing. Do you know what? I had a moment where I, 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 my mind went blank. I saw her standing <laughs> there. It's, it's almost like they've decided to, um, to replicate that that moment at the start of a set where they they grab an audience's attention, and and it does it does the same thing in in a sense that you know for a couple of minutes it it really grabs the listener, shakes them up a bit, and then puts them down and says, right, you've started now. You're in a good place. We can go on and. I think it also is interesting because it sort of shows not just more of the same, if you like, but some development as well. There's there's something a bit clever about this in the way that some of the, the self-penned songs on the first album um, maybe are slightly lacking. Yeah, I would go along with that. I think it's interesting because it's a very, very simple song in terms of its its chords, in terms of the way that it's kind of put together. It's very... Yeah, it's really straightforward. There's one minor, no, sorry, three minor chords, um, one couple of sevenths, and everything else is pretty much major. It's it's a really simple song that uses its simplicity in a kind of very effective way. It, it's it's got that punchiness to it. It's got a lot of energy to it. Um, it just has a real sense of momentum to it. I suppose it's one of those songs that I think it's also very easy to forget about. Um, I think in sort of overall in the Beatles back catalogue, I, I don't know how celebrated it won't be long is. I, I, not much, I think. It's, it was never really a live number. It's never really one which comes up. It's not a single, um, but it's a bloody good album opener. Um, and so it, I think it tends to be a little bit sort of neglected. I don't think it gets an awful lot of attention, but it, it does deserve it. It's, it's, it's a really, really strong piece of work. There are quite a few covers, but most of the, well, all of the covers really are just... Uh, um replicas rather than than doing something original with it so lots of people who have done lots of beatles um covers albums that have included it and they sound very very familiar in fact there was a film um a few years ago called across the universe which i've not seen i only know this from my, our good friend uh, mr google and, and that includes a cover of it female singer um evan rachel wood and and it just sounds or the same, but with a with a female voice. They even sort of go for the you know the call and response is the same on all of these. The best one I've I've heard was uh, Richard Thompson doing a cover, okay. um, and which is which I find there's there's a slightly different guitar lick on parts of it. Um, but I think the main reason why that stands out is purely because he he's got a different voice. He's got a different way of of you know, um, intonating and it, it just sounds like a, um, you know, a singer who knows what they're doing and has their own way of expressing it. Otherwise people just seem to be in awe of the original and just think, well, okay, I'm going to do it, but I'm just going to basically, do I mean, it, it seems a bit pointless as well. If you're going to do it, why do it 
exactly the same way as the Beatles did it because you're not going to do it better. No, that's true, but it's not a song which I think necessarily lends itself to all that much interpretation. Again, it's it's pretty, you know, it's got a four square beat. It's got you know pretty simple chord structure. This this I don't you could give it a cha cha beat if you think that's going to help anything, <laughs> but I'm not really certain that that's going to be the way forward for it. So yeah, I do think it's one that's that's maybe not the easiest one to find. Kind of, I couldn't imagine like you know the the trend to put kind of very. Um, minor mordant cover versions on the opening of movies uh, to try and make things sound like they're profound. Like I couldn't imagine you could really do that with this song. It's not one it's not one that lends itself necessarily to to those kind of interpretations. It's interesting it's interesting what you were saying before actually about this, you know, this being such a good album opener and and sort of replicating what happened on Please Please Me, as uh, which is uh, to say I Saw Her Standing There is the opening, because obviously I Saw Her Standing There is is none more McCartney-esque as a song, and here we have a song which could not be more Lennon, yet they're fulfilling precisely the same function and pretty much yeah. in precisely the same way. Well, yeah, and there is that sense of um, you know telling a little narrative about um, two people getting together, but of course, you know, McCartney on I Saw Her Standing There tells a... A little, um, a little vignette about something that happens on a particular day at a particular dance. Um, whereas this is is very much in the Lennon oeuvre of you know I'll get you, I will get you, you'll come back. Don't worry, it won't be long until I belong. Even the I belong to you bit. I mean, it sounds like it's case of oh, you know, he's being a bit sort of magnanimous, um, but it's still that that creepy sort of sense of you will be mine at some point. There's no escape. Yeah, well, it, it's still possessive. It, it doesn't matter yeah. whether it's a man possessing a woman or a woman possessing a man. It's still that angle of possessiveness. I will belong. It's the, the, the pitiful um, sense as well. You know, since um, you left me, I'm so alone. I'm so alone without you. Poor me. I think, right, okay. Ah, <sighs> John. But then that's where it's best just not to listen to the lyrics too closely and just to, to sort of let them wash over you and think, actually, it's, it's quite a good vocal performance for Lennon. And well, that's damning with faint praise, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it feels like it means something to him and, and that makes a difference. I just I have a, a quibble. My, my quibble with the lyrics is not to do with the, um, the here am I sitting all on my own kind of stuff and um, every night the tears come down from my eye. Actually, I, I have a bit of a problem with a missed opportunity because every single time, um, you know, I'll start with the chorus, which is, which is great. Maybe we could come back to that. But then we go into every night when everybody has fun, here am I sitting all on my, and then we go to own sitting all on my own. Why is he not rhyming fun with bum? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I think it works. Every night when everybody has fun, here am I sitting all on my bum. I just, I didn't work so much better. Sitting There's no way George room. Martin would have let that pass. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, come on. It's uh, it's missed opportunity. I, I just, every time I think Lennon's going to have a bit of a joke here because that's the kind of guy that Lennon is. Um, but, you know, shame. He wants to be serious and to... Uh, uh, maybe try a bit of poetry. I think serious might be a bit of a stretch here. Yeah, yeah. We, we're going for... I mean, it's not even a half rhyme, is it? Um, but No, it's just a different word. Well, yeah. It's <laughs> it's just wrong. Yeah, it's, it's just wrong. wrong. And nothing would have made this song more Lennon-esque than having the word bum in it. Yeah, yeah. 
However, to go back to the to the other point, you know, starting with the chorus is is actually quite a Beatlesy thing to do in in this period, isn't it? It's that um, why not hit them with the the best part of the song, just to really grab the audience and go, yep, that's fine, I like it. It doesn't matter what follows, because we open with the chorus and we end with the chorus actually means you get more of the best part of the song throughout the song rather than, you know, because a, a lot of seemingly traditional song structure um, over the last 30 years might have had verse, verse, chorus, verse, chorus. Well, okay, right, well, you've got more verse there than chorus, but by definition, the chorus should be the catchiest part, you know, the part that's the most interesting, the part that you build up to. There's no building up to here. Straight in. Absolutely. Job done. Well, there's no question that it's the most catchy part of this song. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Um, and particularly if you uh, compare it to uh, She Loves You, which does precisely the same thing. It kicks off yeah. uh, with, with, with the big, impactful kind of chorus and then leads it, uh, leads straight into the verse. Yeah, you're right. I mean, particularly in this phase, that's a very kind of Beatlesy thing to do. It's a way of grabbing the listener and making sure that they're, you know, they're not going to escape the song. Fortunately for this song, it's a bloody good hook as well. The, the 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 call and response thing is is such a, I mean, it's such a time worn way of putting a song together. But you know, it works, and you can hear the enthusiasm in, in in the vocal performances as well. I think it's really clear that they're they're enjoying doing this. I find it in a way kind of curious that this never really became a live song, because you would think it would kind of be a great way of. I mean, maybe at this stage they didn't. They had enough material and enough screaming going on that they didn't yeah. need to draw the audience in in that way. But still, you would think it would be a good way of, um, you know, energizing them. A good kind of early set kind of song, like maybe two or three numbers in, keeping the energy going. You know, yeah. and and I, I find it odd that it's 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 like I would say before, it's kind of neglected in the Beatles back catalogue, but it's neglected by them as well. Yeah, but then a lot of the, the most popular songs on the set list tended to be, um, you know, the covers of the songs that, that they liked. Um, yeah, it, I mean, it, it is odd. I mean, if, if the internet would uh, would have you believe that it was never played in a live set only uh, on a, a, an episode of Ready, Steady, Go um, for, you know, for those people that don't know, it was a TV programme in the 1960s. Um, and... I find that surprising, yeah. But they had so many songs that that they just kind of pushed out, and and I wonder also if it reflects maybe the the way in which the album was recorded, because you know even though it wasn't done in as monumentally a quick fashion as the first one, it's still you know very quick by by any normal standards and. You know, as you're, you're heading into second album territory, there's the old cliche, isn't there, that you've been honing all of these these songs on the first album for a long period of time, and then suddenly the record company turns around and says, hey, we need another one, guys. What have you got? So you're, you're knocking off some uh, in a hurry. And if they've knocked this off in a hurry, and they've knocked it off in a hurry so much so that they've not had a chance to embed it into the live set, they've still done pretty well with it. Um, but then I quite like the fact that it, it sort of exists in, in aspic, as it were, that um, there aren't live performances for you to listen to. OK, so you could go on, you know, anthology and, and find versions. I'm, I'm sure there's all sorts of mixes along the line that, that you could have a listen to. But otherwise, it just exists in this format, a one off. And 
a one-off that that is is so much better than than an awful lot of um, other bands' songs at the time. And and for me, it, it's sort of like an endearing reminder of just how good these young chaps from Liverpool actually were. I think endearing is a very nice word to describe this song. I think that's mm. exactly what it is. It's it's rather charming. It's it, it's terribly nice. And uh, you mentioned in terms of the album and in terms of uh, you know the the, the the speed in which things got written. I mean, it's worth. I'm sure everybody knows, of course, but it's worth saying. You know, this is their second album in 1963, and 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 for all, like you say, this wasn't recorded in a massive or as massive a hurry. It's still, by contemporary standards, absurdly quick. And to try and turn that around in that sort of time is is an incredible achievement. It it it's good quality material for the amount of uh, time that would have got put into it. This will not necessarily be the story of this album going forward, I think it's fair to say. Um, this is this is uh, neither my favourite Beatles album, nor, um, well, not by some distance, uh, nor do I think it's really as good as probably Please Please Me is. But, you know, it starts well, and this is where we start. It's, it's, it's got everything that you need to do, and... Um, I mean, apparently this took 27 takes, which seems like a, a lot for yeah. a song of this caliber. Uh, it doesn't, I mean, I, it's going to sound harsher than I mean it to, um, but it doesn't sound like a song that really sounds like it needs 27 takes. Uh, that's slightly hard to justify, but it works. I mean, there's no there's no doubt that the end result is effective. So yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it does. But it does feel like this is a bridge between the first album and then what's going to be coming up with say you know a hard day's night yeah you yeah. You, you sort of feel like that they have to go through the process of this and all i want to do and you know all my loving and you know even if you like i want to be your man um you know to get to to where uh they end up that that this is them developing develop oh god it sounds so cliche doesn't it developing their craft and extending their repertoire, repertoire, whatever. Anyway, uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, you know, because without that, do you get to a hard day's night and I feel fine and, you know, and, and that sort of thing. And it's not that far on before we get to, you know, Can't Buy Me Love. You know, it's, it's just weird um, how condensed the timeline is and we'll just keep coming back to that as well won't we how condensed the Beatles timeline is and you know the fact that we're now um what we're late 63 you know it's almost equidistance between them starting and them ending yeah if you yeah. sort of go back to to you know when the boys originally met you know it's it's not that far off you know the midpoint in their in their um, collaborative creative life, and yet think about everything that's still in front of them. Um, and so it's it's just kind of like an amazing little snapshot of of where they are, um, and a reminder of of you know what they're going to go on and do. The maturity that's going to come reasonably soon as well. The the lyrical changes that that will come reasonably soon. But you can see why as well. You know that that Lennon fairly soon in you know in a couple of years gets bored and just starts taking things out of newspapers and off posters um because there there are only certain ways in which you can say um you know you will be mine i will be yours ooh um so yeah there was a point lost in there somewhere i've no idea what it was but basically nice song yay 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> we could we could we could loop back round to that. That's that's not a problem. I mean, the other thing about this album is as well. I'm not going to talk too long about the album because we'll we'll obviously we'll, we'll have our album thing at the far end of of uh, talking about all these songs. Um, but you know, of of the uh, 14 songs which are on this album, um, six of them are covers, and one of them is a Harrison song. Um, so half the album isn't Lennon McCartney, uh, which is a pretty high proportion i want to say the highest of any beatles album but i don't have the track listing for please please me in front of me to confirm that but it's it's a a big chunk which simply isn't you know uh you know standard lennon mccartney stuff um and i don't think that this album holds the greatest covers uh with one exception uh well maybe with two exceptions it's 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 one of the reasons i think this album struggles a little bit because it's it's very scattershot um, but like you mentioned, there is a real sense of development. Uh, that, that call and response on It Won't Be Long isn't something that has existed on any previous Beatles song. There have been hooks, there have been moments where the audience can get involved and sing along and, and all that kind of stuff. Of course they have. But just something as simple as that is is a new thing that has been included here. It's a new uh, a new string to their bow. Yeah, let's say that. It's a new string to their bow. I was just having a quick check of um, Beatles for Sale. There's six covers on on Beatles Beatles for Sale, um, which is not a great album. But you know, we'll we'll be onto that in a few months' time. Um, yeah, yeah. Beatles for Sale. Suddenly, yeah. this project. Um, um, yeah, you, you sort of think <laughs> that it's always that that sense of progress that certainly up to say maybe sixty seven. The Beatles are forever getting better and better and better, but you know there'll be dips. Yeah, I mean it's it's all progress, but it's not necessarily all linear progress. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 the, that's the best way I could think to say it. Yeah. I mean, the interesting thing about this is is that um, you know I, I suppose with with it won't be long if you if you start to overanalyze it you can then start to to see flaws in it. Whereas actually, if you just let it wash over you, it's a pretty impressive piece of work. So there's there's something, for example, you know, about the that guitar riff, that sort of descending guitar riff uh, that's, that's used quite a lot, that actually could be quite irritating after a while. If you sort of separate out that out and go, oh yeah, let's, let's analyze some of the musicianship on here. And you just think, yeah, I'd rather not actually. That, that you know that it just okay that's fine it actually makes me reminds me of the um um the jingle that sncf uses at french uh, railway stations <laughs> and that's that's not a good link that you really want to have lovely that's a, that's there's a link i'd never considered before <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here first <laughs> no but, i mean you're not wrong one of the interesting things about it is that i think um and I think this is kind of also what I meant by how it struggles to justify 27 takes, is it's it kind of sounds like it's just recorded straight, like it's just recorded live. And and in particular, that, that riff, there's a couple of times through it, you know, you can hear that uh, George Harrison is, is slightly struggling a bit to get his fingers around it. Hmm. And if you've, I, like, yeah, if you've done it 27 times, you're probably six of the back teeth of playing the bloody thing, but all the same, you know, it's, it's still, it, it still makes it sound like it was, you know, as live as much as, you know, Please Please Me was recorded. Um, and yet it's not. There was, you know, a, a lot of time put into trying to get this to sound the way that they presumably wanted it to sound. Now, whether that came from them, whether that came from George Martin, 
I don't know. But it's a, it's a lot of effort for something which which is is audibly sloppy. And yet that kind of audible sloppiness kind of is why it's endearing. It, it's That's part of its charm. It, it's not absolutely perfect. It is a little bit loosey-goosey. It's got a bit of... Uh, <laughs> it's got, you know, it's got a little bit of uh, a little bit of space and a little bit of whatever to it. And, and that's one of the things that makes it work. Yeah, definitely. By the way, a little bit of um, um, background on uh, the film. Have you ever heard of this film, Across the Universe? I've heard the name. I also haven't seen it at all, no. No, jukebox musical romantic drama centred on... Uh, Songs by the English rock band, The Beatles. Well, okay, there's a few things wrong with that. Now, the script is based on an original story credited to, amongst others, Dick Clement and Ian Lafrenet. All right, okay. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't think I'd, I'd heard of this, but the, the, you know, the giveaway is, is perhaps why. Budget, 71 million. Box office, 30 million. Ah. So this did not... There's tons of Beatles songs. Um listed in it as well which is really interesting um but not one that i'm gonna gonna dig out it doesn't look like it's um a disaster of a film when it comes to the reviews but yeah roger roger ebert seemed to like it uh, yeah, Ebert can be hit and miss, though. That's not yeah. necessarily that's not necessarily a guarantee of anything. Interestingly, I I had no real memory of this film uh, until you mentioned it there. But Hasty Bing has has brought up the movie poster, and I remember that poster for some reason because um, it's really really terrible. Uh, sort of faintly strawberry shaped sort of splodge. Yeah, uh, it's it's not good. I, I do for some those... reason that's clearly stuck in my head. There, I mean, there are going to be lots of. Um, of, of things like that, you know, cultural appropriations of, of Beatles work um, that that I just sort of haven't paid attention to. Um, you know, maybe it just wasn't particularly interested in it at the time. So it's a little bit like I've seen some of Yesterday, for example, but not all of it. Nowhere Boy, something that, that's passed me by. Um, you know, and there's lots of things like that. that um, I think Backbeat I watched once and quite enjoyed it, but you know, no particular desire to go back to it. I, I think I'm just just long past the stage of, of being interested in collecting all of the cultural items that, that go with these things. So, um, you know, I'm not going to buy loads of Beatles books and, and start reading up on it. Um, which I suppose could be a, a slight flaw in this this project because you might think that um, <laughs> maybe we should be doing masses and masses of research. But I no, quite no. like the idea of just coming to the songs as songs and then going away and looking some stuff up and thinking, you know, trying to work out whether or not our view of it matches what some other people have said. I am going out of my way to do the most perfunctory research possible for this project <laughs> really not not overstretching myself on, on the old digging into stuff because but for the same reason i think i think it's kind of more interesting to just react to stuff especially stuff a lot of this early stuff i'm fairly distant from it's been a while since i've listened to a lot of this material yeah. the, the kind of later stuff the big kind of totemic albums okay fair enough but a lot of this earlier stuff isn't stuff that i listen to all that often so it's quite nice to come back to it fresh and and kind of try and find an opinion on it without just trotting out the same kind of lazy cliches or the same you know trite expressions around whatever so uh, yeah no I, I, I wholly commend you for not really doing any research 
Well, you know, do you need to when you can whack Wikipedia up on the screen and uh, um, and you know reel off some rather trite things that that people have have once said? Um, I you know I, I'm sort of tempted just to find out what what platform uh, this film is currently on just to watch a few minutes of it, but I sort of think that it's probably going to be pretty bad, especially because yeah. the um, cast the name of the six main characters and most minor characters were inspired by Beatles song titles and <laughs> lyrics so I give you Lucy mm-hmm. of course Jude yeah mm-hmm. do you want to have a guess uh, um, uh, a few of the others oh god not really <laughs> no, no not, not, not really Max um, Maxwell yeah it's, it's going to be somebody called Sadie right uh, yeah next one Sadie yeah uh, uh, we you, have um, Jojo. Prudence? Oh, Jojo. Okay, fair enough. And Prudence. Hey! And, and, <laughs> God, and, that sounds awful. And, okay, so I'm just going to sort of scroll down um, a, a couple of these to the ones that sort of just grab my eye. We've got Bono as Dr. Robert. Oh, heart. oh God. And Eddie Izzard as Mr. Kite. You see, on on paper, it it just suddenly becomes so bad that it's no, it's it's not going to be good, is it? No, I, that doesn't seem likely. Uh, another hasty Bing has informed me that it's available on Amazon for the grand total of three pounds and forty nine pence. Oh, surely if you've got Amazon Prime, it's it's got it, to be free. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it's it's it, the Amazon Prime are charging for this nonsense. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Well, okay, that that ruins this weekend's plan then, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, maybe we should throw it out to our, our wonderful listeners. Maybe if somebody has actually seen this movie and holds an opinion on it, they could get in touch and tell us whether it's te- as terrible as all those cliched character names suggest it's going to be. You see, I would go back a stage. I wouldn't say if anyone's seen it. I would say if anyone's heard of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've heard of this movie, let us know. And then uh, if we, if we, if nobody replies, then we can assume nobody has heard of this movie, and yeah. therefore it's not just us being ignorant. It, the entire world has forgotten its existence. And certainly, to 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 go back to the actual subject, it looks like from the position in the um, uh, in the track listing, as though it won't be long. It comes in the first act, at least. So um, yeah, they're not doing. They don't appear to be doing the songs chronologically because I mean it starts with girl and then goes on to help the skelter but you've got um it won't be long fairly early on uh so I'm just going to start imagining um the narrative there um helter skelter is an interesting choice to be in the soundtrack uh yeah sung by Sadie oh uh good <laughs> so, I think that raises more questions than it probably answers uh, yeah uh, yeah, which uh, means we should probably loop back round to the, the song that we're, we're meant to be talking about. Um, but that also means that we're going to introduce... Um, uh, uh, can we call this a segment? Maybe that's overreaching it. We're going to introduce a, a, a thing. A format point. A format point. Oh, you're good at this. Yeah, God. Where, 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 were, you, where were you when I was putting my other podcast together? <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to introduce a format point, which is um, we're going to start ranking songs. Um, because we want to. Uh, this comes from a suggestion um, from a listener, uh, somebody called John, uh, who has suggested that we do this uh, partly as a way of keeping track of all the songs and partly as a way of actually bringing us back round to the conversation that we're supposed to be having rather than the one we've generally sort of meandered off into. 
so yeah, we're going to do that. We'll go back. I'll, I'll um, put something up on the website for the podcast uh, where we can uh, enumerate all these songs or there'll be a link to the blog somewhere. I'll find somewhere that these statistics can go up because we all love a pointless statistic um, and we'll, we'll keep things ranked. We'll go back over the other songs that we've covered and just throw in numbers uh, at some point. Uh, but from now on, we'll we'll be doing that at the end of every episode. So um, yeah, let's 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 do that. Okay. What, what would you give this? I, I, have, I have questions. Um, questions. Ask away. That point. Um, is it a joint score, or are we going to be listing these individually? Oh, are we that's averaging? a good question. That's an excellent question. And, and can, um, can we change our I... minds as well? Oh God, yeah, of course. <laughs> uh, when has consistency ever been our watchword? Okay. Okay. I mean, I, you know, obviously, you need to have a think about. Um, you know, criteria, and if, if say it's out of ten, you know, it might be worth yeah. having in mind. You know what? You don't need to say, but what you think the ten, the pinnacle might be, and what you think the, um, you know, the zero um, might be. There is a song that we've mentioned a few times. I was going to say, I bet I could guess what your zero number is. Uh, well, you know, it, it might have a double O somewhere in it, and uh, and a salutation, but um, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Okay. You know, you, well, God, yeah, as you as you can tell, listeners, we're working this out live. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> well, I think it's appropriate because yeah, um, John, thank you, John, um, is is correct that that we, you know, basically, we we need something to end this because, like we're doing now, there is a tendency just to get lost in in ridiculous discussions. And let's face it, one thing the early Beatles are really good at is ending songs. You know, it kind of goes back to that stage persona, doesn't it? Where you can imagine the way that that um, it won't be long ends with that that sort of harmonisation, you can as we've, we've I think we said on previous episodes you can just imagine them going straight into the bow um, in front of the audience, thinking, Absolutely. "Hey, look, isn't that good? Look at us, we're really good. We finished. Bow on with the next one." Um, so this is our this is our Beatles bow, which is um, my way of saying this is an above average Beatles track, man. Um, and certainly, you know, I think I will come back to this at a later stage. But, you know, it's a six out of ten because it's got something that's fresh and exciting. Um, but it may turn out that when I start getting into the, the later albums and, and I'm sort of really thinking ahead to, funny enough, song we briefly alluded to earlier and being for the benefit of Mr. Kai, that would strike me as being a very kind of mid-range Beatles song, you know, a six out of ten. And now I'm thinking, is this the same kind of six? Or a different kind of six, which is a basic way of saying this format point seems to have caused even more confusion and rambling. Um, but hopefully we'll get that right at a later stage. So I'm just going to say six out of ten and shut up. Okay, excellent stuff. I am going to say that I think we should maintain individual scores. Okay. That's what I think we should do rather than averaging. And if people want to average, or indeed if we want to average, then we can go ahead and do so. Coincidentally, think- you're about to say six out of ten, aren't you? I was exactly going to say that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Uh, but I think that's probably a fair assessment. You know, it's it's a good song. It's punchy. It's an album opener, so it's got a very specific job to fulfill. Album openers, album closers always have slightly more pressure on them or, or get interpreted in slightly different ways. I think it's very effective for that. I don't think it's probably quite as good a song as uh, I saw standing there. But I would certainly say that it's it's for this period of time, 
above average or slightly above average and i would be happy giving it that ranking um yeah six out of ten from me and of course worth throwing in the disclaimer that again i know we've said it before that an above average beatles song is still towards the top end of of other people's um you know catalog so you know you could sort of picture loads of other bands around this time doing this song and it being the best thing they've ever released yeah, absolutely. No, and and we'll 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 keep to our, our relative uh, what's the right expression? Our relative ranking. That's not easy to say. Uh, uh, as just Beatles songs against Beatles songs. If we start trying to do it against Jerry and the Pacemakers, we'll be here until the crack of doom. Mm, not really. No, I, th- okay. I, th- I think we'd be able to cope with comparing the Beatles to Jerry and the Pacemakers. That would be one of our shorter episodes. <laughs> yeah, very better. Right, moving on. Okay, good. So we have we have a lovely new format point, and we have our first two rankings. I shall make sure that these are recorded somewhere, and like I say, I'll throw them up either onto the website or the blog or somewhere that it can be recorded and easily accessed. Um, good. We are done. So let's done that's probably a good thing right lovely good you can contact us by email um especially if you've seen across the universe we'd really love to hear from you if you've seen across the universe that would be just the most fabulous thing so please get in touch with us at beatlesstuffology at gmail.com we're on twitter at beatles underscore ology and you can find more of my writing at www.jgmacquarie.scott please like rate and review us on whatever podcatcher you're using so that more people can find the show next episode we will be continuing with with the beatles oh very very elegant uh, which means we're going to be covering all i've got to do and as always we hope you're going to join us for it but until then keep listening